Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Comforter is the Holy Spirit and He's living in us. And so that's that that's what we gotta realize is like God wants to comfort others through us, not just independent of us. He, does, he never works independently of his body. He works through us. He wants to work through you. Okay? So being Pentecost Sunday, we're we're gonna continue now talking just a bit about the Spirit. And uh, uh <coughs> Before we get there, I want to say, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there about God, right? A lot of misinformation about church and about Christianity. And even just in what I said now, you might have thought something different and rather just stayed home and prayed for people going through a rough time rather than engaging with them and, and allowing God to minister to people through you. And that, that, that's because maybe of some misinformation. And so church is the place, and when we come to the Word, it's the place where we are able to uh, 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 encounter truth and change. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're stuck in your life and there's, there's a problem, or, or you're struggling with something, or you need some breakthrough in an area, it's, it's usually just a truth deficiency. There's either ignorance, you don't know something you need to know, or there's deception. You think you know something, but you actually know a lie, what did Jesus say? He said, you'll know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The truth makes you free. Amen. And so when we're not experiencing freedom, if we're experiencing bondage, then it's usually because we have a lie in our life. We usually have a lie in our hearts. It's not because the devil's strong. Because you're, if you're a Christian, you're bigger than the devil. Amen. And so, so it's not because the devil's so strong. It's not because uh, uh, you've done something wrong. It's usually just because... There's, there's ignorance or deception. There's a lie that's holding us in bondage. And there's a lot of misinformation, I believe, about God and about Christianity. Because, you know, we all, we, 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 I, I grew up thinking Christianity is about following Jesus. We've got songs about it, right? Yeah. I've decided to follow Jesus. It's yeah. nice, but it's wrong. <laughs> there is an essence, there is a way that we follow Him. You know, there's certain ways that we should live or whatever, but that's not Christianity. Have you ever met an unbeliever who lives better than a believer? Have you ever met an unbeliever who, 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 who kind of lives more of a godly life than some Christians? I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it like where, where, where somebody who just doesn't believe in God, they're just a really nice person. And you kind of wonder, how is that possible? Because Christianity is not about being a nice person. We all want you to be nice people, Amen. You want your neighbor to be nice, right? <laughs> we, 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 want to be, we want to enjoy each other's company, but it's not about being nice. It's not about trying to live like Jesus. Christianity is much more than that. It's not about following Him. Okay? Look with me at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Okay, Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. So that, Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So it's saying, I'm dead, but the life that I'm living now <coughs> is Christ living in me. 
Okay, so, so this is like a great roundup of Christianity, a great explanation of Christianity. Christianity isn't you living for Jesus, it's Jesus living in you. And what we call living for Jesus would really just be us allowing Jesus to live through us. Okay, and, and, and there's one word for that. It's just surrender. It's yield. As you yield to the Spirit inside of you, then you start to experience fruitful, uh, fruitfulness. Yeah. As you yield to, to the Spirit inside of you, you start to experience Christ in you, living out of you. If you're a believer, you've got Christ in you. Amen? Amen. You've got the Spirit of Christ in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to be convinced of that. Because a lot of Christians see Jesus as somewhere over there, and I'm over here. We live our lives like that, right? How many of you came to church to, meet, to visit with Jesus? <laughs> I'm glad you've been listening. Because <laughs> if you put your hand up, then you haven't been listening this morning. Because already I've said, you know, if, you, if you're one with Him, if He's living in you, you didn't come to church to see Jesus. Okay? Yeah, you, you didn't come to, him, to church for Him. You came to church for you, and you came to church for us. It's good for you to be in church because it's an opportunity for you to grow. It's an opportunity for you to receive ministry. It's an opportunity for you to love on other people. Okay? If you stayed home, God is with you. Amen? If you stayed home, you would have been able to, to experience God in your, in your bedroom, but you wouldn't have been able to experience me because I'm not coming to your bedroom today. Okay? We can't all come to your bedroom and, and fellowship with you in your living room or whatever. We're not there. God is there, but you came to church for us. This is what church is about. You know, I'm not going to come and preach in your, 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 your bedroom to you. Okay, but we came to receive the word this morning and then fellowship in the spirit together. Amen. Okay, and, and so the, the, the God's always with us. He's, he's never leaving us. He's never forsaking us. But in our mindsets as Christians, we often think he's, he's not with me. I'm going to church to meet with God. You know, oh, I've had such a rough day. I've been busy with work. I, 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 I need to connect with God. You know, we, we think like that. I need to, I'm coming to church to connect with God. No, you're not. Because you're always connected to Him. You just don't, you're not aware of it. You're not realizing it. Okay? I, I believe this is, a, this is a common dream that people have. I don't know if you've ever had it. I think I've had it once when I was younger. Where you, you, you dream that you went to school naked. Anyone dreamt that? And you were at school, and apparently lots of people dream. I remember dreaming it once, and you're there, and you don't even realize that you don't have your clothes on. You're not aware of it. I mean, that's a nightmare, right? <laughs> and the point is, is that like you, 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 I'm not aware of what I look like right now, because I'm focusing on you. Okay? But if I was self-conscious, all of a sudden I'd be maybe trying to look in, in my selfie or my camera or something, thinking maybe I've got some dirt on my face or something. You get what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you've got something on your eye or hanging out your nose and, and you don't even realize it. <laughs> right? Because you, you're not aware of it. Yeah, but as soon as you notice it, like you can't, you can't unnotice it. Yeah. It's the same thing with God. You're one with Him. He's with you. But you need to become aware of it. And the problem is, we often just don't become aware of it. We're not focused in on He's with us. I'm in Him. I, I'm, I'm, we're inseparable. And another wrong mentality we have in Christianity is that every time I make a mistake, God goes somewhere because he gets offended. 
Now, if, if God could get offended, I don't know, the, the earth should be destroyed. Because, like, there's a lot of opportunity for offense. From, you know, from our, like, we, we, I'm sure this morning all of us have done something to offend God. You know? I don't know what, I'm just saying. You know, maybe we didn't, like, the, the gaps in the worship, you know, where it paused. <laughs> where there was a little bit of a glitch. I'm sure, you know, God, if he wanted to be offended, he could have been offended. But he's not, he's not offended at the things that we get offended at. And we think as soon as we offend him, he goes. But he doesn't go. The Old Testament mindset is that God comes and God goes. It's a, it's a, a tabernacle mindset of we're going to the temple. We're going to the tabernacle to meet with God. We're bringing a sacrifice to the temple to meet with God, to please God or whatever. But that was never God's heart. That was never God's intention that there would be separation. God's heart was always, He wanted to have fellowship, relationship and communion with His people. God always wanted to be one with His people. He always wanted to be close to His people. He, you know, he told the Israelites that He wanted to meet with them all face to face. What did they do? Moses, you go for us. You're going to talk to, we don't want to talk to God. You, you talk to God for us. And then you have the whole law system. You have the whole uh, uh, man of God mentality, which was never God's idea. I don't represent uh, you to God at all. <laughs> you, you, you can't come to me and ask, you can come and ask me for prayer and I'll pray for you. But like God doesn't desire that, that, that you would have to meet with him through me. I'm not a middleman. I'm here to equip you to see your relationship with Him so you can enjoy that oneness with Him. Amen. Okay? Christianity, the reality of Christianity is oneness with Him. It's not a trying to follow after Him. It's not separation from Him. Amen? Amen. So you've got um, a couple of scriptures. We're going to go to them. Go to John chapter 14. <clears throat> that are talking about the Spirit. And we're going to see this and link it in uh, with salvation in a bit. <coughs> okay, let me, let, me, let me skip back up. We're going to get to John 14 in a minute. But Isaiah 12, verse 3 says, You will draw, you will with joy, draw water out of the wells of salvation. Isaiah 12, verse 3. The, the Passion says, With triumphant joy, you will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. Okay, so this is a prophetic a verse about salvation that's coming. Okay, In Isaiah, salvation hadn't come yet, right? But now, the prophet is writing about salvation which is coming. And the prophet is saying that you're going to be able to draw from the wells of salvation with joy. So salvation is going to be something joyful. There's a lot of Christians who don't experience joy in their salvation. Amen? They're miserable. Hopefully not you. If you are miserable, you came to the right place. But joy is, is, is a hallmark, is, a, is a, um, an indicator of salvation. You can't really know what you've got as a Christian and be miserable. You may have moments of misery, but the, when you reflect on salvation, it should be overwhelming. Okay? And then it says you'll draw. So, so it, it's not automatic. But there's wells of salvation, uh, uh, wells of um, salvation in you, and you can you can draw from that. It says in the, the passion was triumphant joy. You will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. So you can drink deeply 
from what's inside of you in salvation. Okay? Now, I like the, the picture that Isaiah is painting that he's, that, that he's giving the idea of a well. What's inside of a well? Water. And water is often symbolic of Holy Spirit. Okay? So, so, so what he's saying is that salvation would be the Spirit of God living in a man. And with the Spirit of God living in you, you can make a withdrawal. If you have a bank account, you've got money in the bank, you can't, it's, it's no good unless you draw it. Okay? So you've got the Spirit of God in you, it's no good for you unless you draw it. I think, you know, when you die, it's an automatic withdrawal. <laughs> okay? And you'll experience the, 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 the fulfillment or the, the, the end result of your salvation. Okay? But in this life, if you want to experience the joy, you've got to withdraw it. Okay? It's not something that happens automatically. With triumphant joy, you will drink deeply. So God desires for every single one of us to drink deeply, to partake thoroughly from the what's inside of us, the well of salvation. Okay, go with me to to, to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. And let's look at this a bit further here. Jesus is speaking from uh, verse 37. I'm going to read from the, the King James first. It says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Okay? Now, throughout the Bible... When it's talking about eating and drinking and hungry and thirsty, it's, it's most of the time, the, the, it's not about drinking water, uh, drinking and, and food. It's not so much about eating literally, okay? Jesus literally fed 5,000 people, okay? Amen. <laughs> okay, that, that's, that's fact. But we, it, when it's talking like this, it's a picture of, of belief and unbelief. It's a picture of partaking in something. And it's usually the life of God. Okay? So it says here, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So what does that mean? That's, this is showing us what Isaiah was talking about. You are the well. Okay? You are the well of salvation, and that well of salvation should have rivers of living water flowing out of you. Why? Because you've believed on Jesus. Now this is important, because a lot of people in in Christianity think that, that it's only because I'm holy, or I'm trying to live holy. It's only because I fasted. Amen? A a, a lot of the time, um, if if you look at... Usually anything carnal is not really Christianity. <coughs> so, so what I mean is like you think that now I'm going to be Mr. Big Stuff and I'm going to fast for 20 days and you feel pride because I'm better than, than, than Emily. Emily did not uh, fast, right? A, a friend of mine sent me a, a message. Uh, our, our pastor of our sister church in Zimbabwe sent me a message yesterday about this... Um, uh, a, a pastor there who was fasting for 22 days or something to try and get a Lamborghini. 
A big fancy car. <laughs> and I mean, first of all, like, there's, there, there's carnality at its best in that he's focused on trying to get something. Then secondly, there's carnality in his best because fasting is carnal. It's not something spiritual. The Holy Spirit is spiritual, right? It's not tangible. Fasting is something physical. And so now you've got him doing something carnal to accomplish something carnal. His church tried to raise money <laughs> to, 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 to buy on the Lamborghini. They must have felt sorry for him. And they raised, uh, I think it was like 125 US dollars, where the car costs 200,000 US dollars. And when they realized the expense of the car, they were very disappointed. And this guy nearly died from his fast. So he had to go to hospital, and the church ended up using the money on his hospital bills. <laughs> I mean, what a mess. That's not Christianity. There's no mention of Jesus even there. Now, there's a, a, a... I don't need to talk about him too much, but there, there's a lot of fraudsters out there in, in the church. Usually you know a fraudster because they want your money. <laughs> and and there's, a, there, there's one in particular that I know very well personally even, and all of a sudden he's an international success... And, and when you look through his, his online profile, his Instagram accounts, and all of that kind of stuff, I cannot find one mention of Jesus anywhere. All he's talking about is revenge. All he's talking about is fancy cars and suits and things like that. And he's successful now because the world's looking to him. And I'm like, no, 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 you've missed it big time. You know, we, we, we've got to be careful of these things. Look, we're looking for spiritual. Okay. Now, if you look at this again, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Look at verse 39. But this he spake of the spirits. So the rivers of living water, it's talking about the Holy Spirit of God, which it says there, they that believe on him should receive. So it's about believing and then you receive. And it says there, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And that's a, 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 an indication of Pentecost. Pentecost was coming. And so here, the, 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 the writer of John is saying, this is what Jesus said, but the Spirit hadn't come yet because Jesus had not been glorified yet. After the res uh, talking about the, after the resurrection. Okay? So, so there was a sequence of events that took place. Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and Jesus rose from the dead. Then... He ascended to heaven and then the Spirit came. Pentecost, right? We, I just mentioned this quickly. We've got one, there's one problem that comes from that uh, uh, timeline. And that is that we, we, we kind of sometimes see it like steps. Yeah. When together I believe that's, that's the work which Christ came to accomplish, which is salvation. Mm -hmm. yeah? it, 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 we, we need to be active in the Holy Spirit. That's, that's a huge part of salvation. We've got to be walking in the Spirit, in the power of the Spirit. That's what God wants for us. It's what He desires for us. We've got to have these streams of living water flowing from within us. Okay? <clears throat> Let's look at the Passion, how it puts it. It says, Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me. So that the, the, the rivers of living water will burst out from within you. Flowing from your innermost being. Just like the scripture says. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. Okay. Believers were being prepared to 
receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, but the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not been uh, unveiled in his full splendor. Okay, so here we see that, that there's rivers, that, or there's a well of salvation within us. Think about times when you're thirsty, not physically, but where you, you feel like, I need a touch from God. Where you feel like you're, 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 you're like dead, or you're discouraged, or you need healing, or whatever the case is. Think about moments like that. The answer is within you, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen? And the, God desires that streams of living water flowing from within you. You know, uh, 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 there's so many things to say on this. Let's, let's go to Galatians. Three, verse fourteen, <coughs> and then we'll get to John. <laughs> but Galatians three four, fourteen says, in the New Living Translation, it says, "Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing He promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith." Now, there's a lot of misconception in the body of Christ and people thinking that the blessing of God is money. The blessing of Abraham is wealth. Abraham was blessed financially, but he's not called blessed before that. He's called blessed after that. He's got money. How did he get his money? Work. How did he get his money? He, 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 he deceived King into to thinking that his wife was his sister and all of this. So, you know, the, how the money came, it didn't come through God. The important thing to see here is that the blessing that was promised to Abraham was the Holy Spirit through faith. Okay? The Holy Spirit was God's goal and aim with salvation. Okay? And that's what we're celebrating today. Is that God wants to live in you. God wants to live through you. So salvation, I believe, is really just where God comes to live in you. Okay, Romans chapter um, 8 verse 9 says that if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. Meaning, if you don't have the Spirit, you're not a Christian. So every Christian has the Spirit of Christ. Amen. Ephesians, we'll probably get into it. 1 verse 13 says... That when you believed the gospel, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay? So now you've got the Spirit as a Christian. Okay? He's in you. He's, he's never leaving you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to walk away from you. But it doesn't mean that the Spirit's living through you now. Because that's something that you have to step into. That's something that you've got to allow. You don't automatically, like uh, uh, JB was talking about how, you know, you want to be empowered. That, that's what, what we like to call the baptism of the Spirit. Where we're really just acknowledging that we've got the Spirit, and now we're, we're stepping into an empowering where we can live this victorious life in an even greater level. Amen. It's just about becoming aware of His presence and starting to look, walk in that fullness. Amen? Amen. So, so we need to see that we've got something and we need to recognize what we've got, who we've got. So now let's go to John chapter 14. God's heart from the beginning was always salvation, which is the Spirit of God to live in you. Okay? 
He never wanted a building. He wanted you. Amen. He wanted, you know, we are his tabernacle. We are his dwelling place. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. The moment you believe, you become one with him. You become his dwelling place. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now look at John 14. We're going to read through a couple of verses. This is just before Jesus is now uh, uh, going to go through his death, his burial, his resurrection and everything. So he's preparing his disciples. Now remember how the verse put uh, John chapter 7. Jesus is talking about the streams of living water. And what does he say? He says, he's, he prophesied this to prepare. He was preparing his believers for something. What was he preparing his believers for? The Holy Spirit. Okay. I believe in John 14, he's, he's continuing with that preparation. He's preparing his, his followers to experience something, to receive something. Okay, you with me? Yes. So, so let's look at it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. The, the, the Greek there is just literally dwellings. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may also be. Now, the way we read this generally in church is wrong. The way we read this generally is Jesus is going to build your house. Amen? <laughs> I even saw someone online prophesying over someone else in church this morning somewhere in another part of the world. And they were saying that, that uh, uh, what did they say? They said, don't worry about your house because God's got a house for you in heaven. <laughs> and I was laughing because I was like, I know where they're coming from and I appreciate the encouragement, but it's wrong. <laughs> it's, a, it's a misunderstanding of the, the, this verse. The way we, if we read it like that, that God's prepared a house for me and one day when I get there, I've got a mansion and I hope my mansion's next to yours or I hope my mansion's far away from yours. Good. If we see it like that, number one, it's carnal. But number two, that doesn't make sense in verse, uh, in verse three. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may also be. So Jesus went, right? He ascended. And then the Spirit came. Okay? Now, if, if we see this in terms of He went to make a house for me, then what it means is uh, 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 He's coming back to receive each one of us individually and then take us when we die. To go and be with him. But is Jesus with you? Yes. Where is he? I thought it sounded like someone said outside. Like, go, go fetch him. Bring him inside. We want him to be with us. He's inside of us. Amen. Amen. So if we're one with him, we mustn't see him as he's in heaven. And then as I'm about to breathe my last breath, he comes to fetch me and take me home. It's not how, that's not what, what it's talking about. You are the mansion which He prepared for Himself. You are the dwelling place He prepared for Him. So that He will come again and receive you unto Himself, that where He is, there you may also be. It's talking about your oneness with Him now, your oneness with the Spirit of God, that you would be His mansion, His dwelling place. 
Okay? And I know you might be disappointed because you were looking forward to a mansion, but heaven's going to be much better than that. Amen? We've got to see that, that His Spirit is living in us. Now, in the context, He's talking about the Holy Spirit for the next couple of chapters even. So look further down. Okay? Go down to verse 12. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, Everyone say, believes. believes. The works that I do, he shall also do. And greater works than these Amen. shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now often we quote that verse, and we leave off, because I go unto my Father. Because maybe we don't understand it or something. But, it's an important part of the verse. Why did Jesus go? So that he could send the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why he went. So that the Spirit could come. Okay? Um, let me just find this here. Go, go, page over to chapter 16. John 16, verse 7. It's good that we dig into this so that you can see this in your Bible and you can come to an understanding of this because understanding brings fruitfulness. Amen. If you don't understand, there, there can't be a fruitfulness. Okay, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It is advantageous. It is important for you that I go away. It's for your benefit that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. Okay? The Holy Spirit will not come unto you unless I go. Okay? Jesus was in one place at one time. Yeah, he, he, he couldn't be in uh, uh, Israel, in Jerusalem, and in South Africa at the same time. He had to go so that in spirit form he could come and now make his dwelling place in us. Okay? And, and what this is showing us that, that he, he went so that he could return and be where we are. So if we go back to John 14... It's saying that, that uh, we can do the same works that He did in greater works because I go unto my Father. Which is implying that He's going unto the Father and He's going to send the Spirit. So the reason why you can do the same works that Jesus did and greater works is because His Spirit of power is living in you. You're not just ordinary. You're not just ordinary. Okay? The Holy Spirit lives in you and is empowering you to be able to live like Him. Okay? That's really important. You go down to verse 16 of John 14. And I will pray the Father and He shall send you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Another comforter of the same kind, the same. He's not saying that I'm going to send someone different. He's not saying that I'm going to send someone like me. He's saying I'm going to send myself. It is God Himself who comes to live inside of us. We are His dwelling place. And it says that, that He may abide with you forever. He doesn't come and go. He comes and He stays. Even when you're a naughty boy or a naughty girl. Amen? <laughs> Even when you mess up, He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. He's one with you. Amen. That's the key to victory when you realize that He's not going anywhere. Amen. 
it brings a security in your life that He's always with me. That I, I don't have to fear, I don't have to worry, I don't have to try and make it in this life on my own because He's with me. And because He's with me, I can do the same works that He did and greater works than these. Amen. Amen? Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, <clears throat> whom the world cannot receive. Okay, so now he's called the spirit of truth. You want to know truth? You need to know the spirit of God that now becomes resident in you. Because it has seen him, <coughs> seen him not, the world has seen him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come. Unto you. Okay, so we're not comfortless. We're not orphans, and, uh, is, is what the word is trying to convey there. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall also live. Amen. So the world cannot see Jesus, but we, we, can, we, we can see him in each other, in ourselves. And we need to have our understanding open so that we can see that more and more. Because without that, you'll never live like a Christian. Okay? Verse 20. And at that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. In that day. What day? It's the day we're celebrating today. In that day. It's not about a specific day. It's a, it's a period of time. It's talking about in that day from, from, from Pentecost onwards. In the day where the Spirit now comes to the church. Comes to give birth to the church. Where, where now the Spirit comes to dwell in man. Now from that day. You will know that I am in my Father. He, God is, is one. And that you are in me, and I am in you. There's a oneness that you have with God that you need to realize. There's a, 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 deep, a, a, a deep, intimate relationship that you have with the Spirit of God Amen. that you need to awaken to. Okay? We're often looking for, when we've got a challenge or a problem, we're looking for the answer somewhere out there. The answer's within you. Amen. You've got the, 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 the Spirit of God within you. He's not coming from somewhere. He didn't come when I, when I arrived or when Philip arrived. The, the Holy Spirit came when, we, when you walked in. He was here when you walked in. He was with you from your home up until now. And now you need to awaken to that revelation of who He is in you. Okay? This isn't just for super saints. This is for everyone. This is for all of us. Amen? Yeah. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. You know, the, 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 it's, it's difficult for me in sharing testimonies with you guys about the Holy Spirit working in and through me because you might expect that because I'm a pastor, because I teach the Word. So you're like, well, you should be doing that. But, you know, it, it's not because I'm a pastor that it works. There's a lot of pastors that doesn't happen for them. <laughs> Amen? And there's a lot of people who aren't pastors who the Spirit works through them. Amen. It's for everyone. Amen. This is for every believer. God's heart is that every Christian would be living a life of power and victory. Amen. Why? Because it brings Him glory. Amen. He wants you to be like Jesus wherever you are. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. 
Love your enemies. Yeah, one of the, 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 some of you will like this, I I know, it's unfortunate. But um, (laughs) this uh, false man of God that's irritating me at the moment, um, (laughs) just because I know the damage that he's causing to so many Christians. He he posted, I'm going to find the post quickly. He posted this on his Instagram, and I want to read it to you quickly because it's, it, it just proves the point. It shows you something. I actually responded to it. <laughs> he says, I, I want God's enemies to be blessed with three cars parked outside each of their homes. An ambulance, a fire truck, and a police car. I responded and I said, how can that be godly? Didn't get any response on that. But the point is, is that, 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 that like... First of all, who is God's enemy? It's the devil. It's not people. People are not your enemy. God wants to reach the person who's rubbing you up the wrong way. The person who's against you. The person who's making your life difficult. God wants to reach them through you. That's not going to happen by you praying for an ambulance to have to come and fetch them from their workplace or their home. It's not going to pray for, for... It's not going to happen by you trying to get back at them. It's going to happen by you loving on them. Amen? Yeah. Uh, uh, who, who's the enemy of God? It's not people. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is I mean, Jesus said, bless your enemies. So if you think someone's your enemy, bless them. Pray for them. Don't curse them. I want three cars outside your house. Or, you know, I'm praying that, 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 that you'll get picked up by a policeman. Or, I mean, that's ridiculous. Anyway, Ephesians chapter 1. The Spirit of God is in us, and the Spirit of God is not in something like that. So as believers, we can't have anything to do with that. Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. It applies to us. And he's praying for us to have a revelation. Like, what is a revelation? It's an understanding. It's us to see something. God wants you to see something right now. Okay? Look at at verse 16. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. So He wants you to have wisdom and revelation, it says there, in the knowledge of Him. The purpose of wisdom and revelation is a deepening intimacy with Him. He wants you to become acquainted with the truth, because the truth will lead you to a good relationship with Him. What does God want for you? A good relationship with Him. Amen. From His side, it's good, but He wants you to experience that the wells of salvation, the living waters of salvation which are in you. Amen? He says that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of, the, uh, of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Listen here. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. I'm going to have to stop there. There's too much in this. But what I want you to see is that it's talking about a power and Paul is not praying that we would get this power. Paul, the the, the apostle who's writing this letter, he's not praying that you would get this power. Why? Because you've got this power. 
He's praying for you to have a revelation of this power, to come to an understanding of who lives inside of you. Okay? Who thinks that they're the... Don't put up your hand. Who thinks that they're the worst Christian in the room? This power is in you as much as it's in me. But you need to realize what you've got. Okay? So, this power, where is its origin? Verse 20 shows us it's in the resurrection. So you don't see this power. This power was in Christ, but it could never be in anybody else until after the resurrection. So it operated differently in the Gospels and in the Old Testament. In the the New Covenant, so to speak, it, it, it operates in every believer who will operate it. Okay, but let's go back to verse 19. Look at this. And what is the exceeding greatness? Now he's describing this power. Listen to the description of the power of God that's in you. I'm not telling you to try and get something. I'm not telling you to do something to try and become a better Christian. I'm telling you to wake up to what you've got. Realize what you've got right now without having to fast. <laughs> without having to give money without having to jump through hoops and sing kumbaya whatever <laughs> wake up and realize what you've got he says the exceeding greatness you know in the Greek that is saying to, to throw beyond the mark so this power that's inside of you is, it, it exceeds your expectation it exceeds the demand it goes beyond the mark It's much more than you need. Okay? What need do you have in your life right now? The wells of salvation in you are much greater. Amen? Amen. Then he says, of his power. To us who do believe. I'm going to get to that word power now. But he says, to us who believe. Not us who are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He doesn't say, to, uh, the, 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 this power is available to the super saints. This power is not just available to those who fast and those who've gone to Bible school or whatever. This power is for us who believe. So all you need to do is believe. Believe what? Believe the gospel. Because the gospel is the message of God wanting to come and make you his dwelling place. And as he comes to dwell in you, you're no longer ordinary. You no longer have to... You, you might experience some suffering in this world, but you don't have to suffer like the world suffers because you've got a greater hope of a greater, a greater reality and a greater eternity. Amen? So, the word power there, when he's describing it, the, the Greek word there is dunamis, which is the same Greek word used in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus speaking, you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you shall be, everyone say be, be Be witnesses. Not do witnesses, be witnesses. We need to to do witnessing, but what's more important is that it's, it's, it's flowing from a place of this is who I am. It's flowing from a place of, this is who I am. It's not something I'm just doing. Okay, I can, I can act like a clown. It doesn't make me a clown. I can act like a dog. It doesn't make me a dog. Okay, 
an atheist can act like a Christian, it doesn't make them a Christian. Because there's one big difference between an atheist and me. Believe. Okay? When I believe, then I've got the Spirit of God now living inside of me, and I need to awaken to that and step into that and allow that to become my overflow. And then I start to be a witness. This is what separates us from the world. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is what separates you from the world. Not coming to church. You might be here today and you, you haven't received Christ. You, you, you're in, in the fellowship of believers. You look, everyone looks very nice today. So you look like a Christian. You sang like a Christian. You raise your hands like a Christian. You said hallelujah like a Christian. But you don't have Christ in you. Because there's a big difference between acting like and being. The Spirit of God in you is what differentiates us, sets us apart from everyone else out there. Okay? But you, the problem is, is you can look at people and you don't know if the Spirit of God is in them or not. Until they start to allow the Spirit of God to flow out of them. Until they start to step out and pray for the sick. Until they start to step out and live like Jesus, love like Jesus. You know, that's, that, that's the fruit of it. That, that, that's the evidence of it. But the Spirit of God in us is what we need to realize that we've got. Okay, so it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's talking about this dunamis power, this explosive, supernatural, miracle-working ability that's in us because we believe. According to the working of His mighty power. Again there, it's using descriptive words to show how big it is. And the word mighty there is talking about a forcefulness. So, so what we've got isn't just a hallelujah, I'm going to heaven and I'm encouraged. I mean, we want you to be encouraged in church, right? It's good to be encouraged. But you can go to the movies and be encouraged. You can go to uh, 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 the Rotary Club and be encouraged. You can go to uh, 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 some other meeting where Jesus isn't mentioned once and be encouraged. Have you be, ever been encouraged by something that's not Christian? I have. But the encouragement isn't long-lasting. The encouragement isn't eternal. You know? What's encouraging is knowing the Spirit of God is in me and awakening to the reality of who's living inside of me so that I can now start to overflow in this and start to make a difference in the world. See, God's aim was to live in you through that salvation. He wanted to live in you. From the beginning of the Bible, that was what He was talking about. He wanted to live inside of you. Amen. Okay? And the, 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 the purpose of that wasn't just so that you and Him could have a good time. The purpose of Him living inside of you is and was so that you can be a blessing. You can be a witness. You can... Be Jesus in your community. That you can, you can reflect the goodness of God wherever you are. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website 
at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.